welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hello. And Mike Yozibovich. Hello. And today we are going to pick up where we left off with part two of the Dynasty receiver reviews and we're going to cover the receivers now that we know where they're at uh last week we covered this all the way up into marquis lee and got to the second round and today we're going to pick up where we left off um but as last week like we promised we're going to end with a jacksonville receiver and marquis lee and pick up with a jacksonville receiver even though we're kind of jumping out of order a little bit here with Allen robinson um i don't know about you guys but i'm a bigger fan of Allen robinson than i am than Marquise Lee. Um, have been all season, which is weird again. Um, Lee just has too much concern for me. Uh, I just love his size, 6'3", 210. I like the fact that Jacksonville, even with Cecil Shorts, even after taking uh, Marquise Lee at you know the 7th pick in the 2nd round, they traded back up in the 2nd round with the 29th pick to grab Robinson. That's how much I like him. You know, he's coached by Bill O'Brien. Uh, runs a four six. He has a great vertical of thirty nine inches. Ten, you know, ten seven broad jump, and he's somebody that can really get after the ball. Um, he's you know real fluid in his routes. He's excellent after the catch. He's just a really big receiver. Um, and I know there's like some you know Big Ten receiver talk that hey guys of the Big Ten aren't really successful, but I'm hoping that Robinson can kind of buck that trend. And he and he seems like he could do it. Again, I'm a fan. Um, if I'm taking one of these guys out of Jacksonville, that's who I'm taking. What are your guys' thoughts on Robinson and Jacksonville? Uh, I like him a lot. Um, I don't know that I would say necessarily that he's better than Marquise Lee. I, I honestly, I think it's a fifty-fifty crapshoot. I know that's probably not what people want to hear, but I, I, a year ago, you know, you would have been saying Marquise Lee and Sammy Watkins are the definitive one-two, and so I think the potential's there for Marquise Lee to be better than. Allen Robinson, um, but at the same time, if you look at what Robinson did in college the last two years, they're super consistent stats. Uh, I don't know. I, I it's to me, I can't right now. I would take Marquise Lee over Allen Robinson, but I would not be surprised. You know, if he just goes in there, does the hard work, he seems like that type of guy, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends and emerges as the number one guy there. Yeah, I'm. I'm in agree. I'm kind of in agreement with rich though actually um i do like alan robinson i just have him slightly though like you were saying they're pretty close yeah so um i don't know i, I do like the fact that he has the one the, the two years at in bill o'brien's system which is right. you know, basically pro coaching he's right getting. yeah so hopefully he'll have a smooth transition into the nfl i think like i can't i don't have my rankings memorized but i think like i have him back to back like mark easley and then Allen Robinson, so right. and I, I feel like I can almost flip a coin, you know. Yeah. So I have him, I have him the exact opposite. Yeah, way, okay. They're right on top. And of you were here last week, Mike, when we were talking to uh, about the 2012 Bulletnikov winner and Lee, and we were, you know, we were concerned, you know, the knee and sh- shin issues, and right. then he had a 12.3 percent drop rate last year as well. Okay. Um, and for be just being, you know, for his size, you know, six foot one ninety two, right around there. Uh, he can't be dropping balls. It's gonna be hard enough for him to get the balls as it is. Yeah. Uh, and we were we were trying to trying to figure out like we didn't know if it was, you know, just because of the quarterback situation, coaching situation, he kind of just kind of like lost interest last year. Yeah. Or if it's like a real concern. 
Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, that's that's tough. I they did. There was a lot of turmoil. I would probably maybe lean towards the injury and then lack of having you know a stud quarterback like USC's had for years and years and years. Um, I mean that's that's the name of the game. I mean in college football, just like the NFL, you got to have a stud quarterback. Mm-hmm. So. I, I I don't know. I I wouldn't count out Marquise Lee quite yet. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not counting him out. I I don't like. I th- me and Mike talk, Matt talked last week that we're not really counting him out, but we're both going to kind of let him. Like we know where he's going to go. You know, mm-hmm. late first, early second. Right, and right. Kind of let we're going to let him f- slip through our fingers and let somebody else kind of take a risk. You know, I definitely feel like there's more risk with Marquise Lee, even though he might might be better talented. Yeah, don't you think he has a higher ceiling though? Uh. I do. I, I think he he has he has a higher ceiling. He has more chance for the boom bust. Where I feel like if you're looking like Allen Robinson's gonna have that consistent line, like hey, he's gonna probably be pretty good. But I think Marquise Lee has a chance to be like really good. At the same yeah. time, I could see him being, you know, I could see the chance of more of him being more of a bust factor than Allen Robinson. I see but, Allen Robinson being a really good wide receiver too on your team. Like that's a, yeah. Like I see I, that's what and that's where I see him. Um, again, and I love the fact anytime a team trades up from one of these offensive players, yeah, you know, definitely in a draft like this, definitely after they just selected Lee, you know, they want like, wow, we had they were probably at you know, two seven, like, wow, do we take Allenson or Robinson or Lee or Robinson? Like, all right, let's just he's a slightly better grade, let's take Lee, and all of a sudden gets down here to 29th pick in the second round. They're like, wow, we have to go back, we have to, we have him at like two eight on our board, we have to go back up and get this guy, and, or maybe they had a first round grade on Lee, and the Jaguars really had to address their offense. I mean, everything about it was is totally awful yeah so, we talked last I mean, week about that how we like we really like what jacksonville is doing offensively there yeah a lot. I, I like both guys i mean I, I mean if you ask me obviously it seems like two to one but i would take marquise leo Allen robinson and i would take alan robinson yeah, yeah i'd go alan too just slightly like i said take that mic out yeah outnumbered mm-hmm. can't win them all now um let's jump back up here into the draft uh chronicle chronological order here um, at 210 taken by the Philadelphia Eagles, Jordan Matthews. Um, again, this is a guy who's been number three on my big board since college season ended. Um, and I see him consistently going in these drafts right around, like, you know, anywhere from four to the ninth pick in the first round. And he's something that, between him and Brandon Cooks at the third overall pick, that's who I'm kind of, it'd be a really tough decision. But I love Jordan Matthews. I love his size, you know, 6'3". 212. He's going to Philadelphia. Uh, they were ninth overall last year with passing yards per game at 256.9 yards per game. Um, and, there's, and Chip Kelly's always saying that, you know, Jordan Matthews is going to start off as a slot and he's probably going to start. Um, I don't see Riley Cooper as competition to Matthews. Again, Macklin's on a one year uh, contract and Jordan Matthews is probably the future number one there. Uh, everything I like, I mean, he just, he, he was really good at Vanderbilt and he's just, he, everything he does, he does well. And for him, compared to like Allen Robinson, where I see Allen Robinson as a, like a really good wide receiver too, I see Jordan Matthews and Chip Kelly's offense and with Nick Foles as wide receiver one potential, which yeah. is a really hard mold to break into. Yeah, I agree, and I, I feel like it might be just one of those things where you have to wait it out a year, you know, uh, maybe two to see the full potential. But I think after a year, he could easily you know move up because, like you were saying, the two receivers Macklin in front of him and um, yeah. Slipped my mind real quick. Uh, um, Riley, Riley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, I mean those guys don't really uh, strike me as much competition. They're solid, but they're not great. They're not elite or anything like that. So 
Did we talk about Matthews last week? Actually? I feel like we did, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, I think we did. But okay. now that Mike's here, we want to kind of get his take on him as well, though. Yeah, well, that's my opinion. I think, like, he's a, I think he's could be, will, will be a number one probably in two, you know, a year. Like, sit on him for the one year and you'll get a return on your investment that yeah, we, I think you'll like. We went over him last week. This yeah, ho- this I, think we jumped, I think we jumped around a little bit last week. <laughs> this, this Memorial Day holiday weekend's really, uh, really doing me well. Um, so going ahead now, you know, if, and if you didn't listen to last week's episode, make sure you download it, uh, get on dynastynerds.com, get on iTunes and check it out. Uh, we did cover the first seven receivers taken last week and we all are big fans of Matthews. Um, now the next pick in the second round was kind of a shocker to me, uh, at the 13th overall pick in the second round by the Seattle Seahawks at six foot 175, the small, the tumbleweed, Paul Richardson. Um, going to Seattle, which is a run-first offense, and again, back from you know months ago when we were doing this, and the big thing that jumps out me about Paul Richardson is his, his average score was 41 yards, which is tremendous. It's pretty. That's just a crazy stat and shows his big playability. Um, and you know he runs a four-four. He has a ten-two broad jump. Um, you know he has a history of knee issues. Doesn't really concern me too much. What concerns me is he's going to a Seattle team that's going to be run-first. They're going to be run-heavy offense. Um, he's probably going to be number five on the depth chart to start off, and he's going to really have to run past people to get to get where he needs to be, which, you know, we'll see how the development of Russell Wilson is. We can't blow it off too much. But besides Percy Harvin, there's nobody else there that really stands out. And, you know, that they obviously think pretty highly of him to take him in the second round at the 13th overall pick in the second round. That was their was that their first pick also? Yeah, yeah, they they traded back in the first round, right? Yeah, so that, I mean, they really like Paul Richardson of Colorado, which you know, going back some, I mean, you know, again, they took him over Allen Robinson. So yeah, I don't get that at all. I mean, to me, to be honest, I for for me when I'm doing my rankings, it's like, eh, or you know, our drafts coming up, I'll I'll pass on him. Yeah, I I just don't see their offense being uh, one where it, like geared towards one wide receiver. He seems like a one-trick pony. Uh, I don't see any consistency by putting him in your lineup, getting, like, consistent stats. Like, yeah, he might have a big score and a touchdown or something like that, but you're not going to get that every week. So it's like, I don't know. I'll just pass on him. He doesn't seem like a consistent receiver like Allen Robinson would be. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. I don't understand what they were really thinking. I don't know. You guys have... They're not the kind of team where you get excited if a wide receiver goes there anyway. They just don't throw the ball. Yeah, much. exactly. I mean, it's and he's a, he's not an exciting wide receiver. On top of that, and to me Percy at least, Harvin. right, right. So it, it's yeah, it's not a great situation. He's not he's not landing in a great place for me. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, gonna let somebody else grab him. Personally. Again, it shocked me that you know again he went ahead of Robinson, Cody Latimer, Devontae Adams, uh, and again it just but. It does have to show something that they trade back in the first round for their guy, and this is the guy they wanted. And this is the guy they take. I mean, the 13th pick in this in this draft, it's pretty it's pretty high. It's a, they, they, they had to think really highly of this guy. Um, and we say one-trick pony. It was kind of like a run one-trick pony. They kind of, you know, not the same build coming out was Deshaun Jackson. You know, Deshaun Jackson's first couple of years, he's like a one, you know, you're looking for that big play touchdown. That's what, that was, he. you know, he'd, he'd get you a 13 points, but it's off yeah. of two catches. 80 yards and 70 of those yards was a touchdown. Yeah. So that could be a Paul Rich. I mean, that's how they utilize him too. He will be a, a, a solid wide receiver three. Yeah. Because I, he's going to score you those, you know, those big plays. You know, he might only have two to three catches when he plays, but it might be for like 60 yards each. 
I, I think like when, when you come down to draft time, someone that doesn't like, you know, maybe they're not listening to any podcast or checking too in depth on the stats. They might just pull a draft list. And I think he's going to get drafted mm-hmm. a lot higher just based off of being in between Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson. Someone's going to draft him way too high. And that's going to be a benefit to you because someone better will probably fall into your lap that way. You know, someone maybe not doing the exact research that they need to. So great point. And this is like a prime example, example of somewhere where, Somebody gets drafted high, and people just draft them high. Like, you know, like Dree Archer in the third round. Um, D'Anthony Thomas taken in the third or fourth round. Like, these guys, people, they'll see them that they're drafted high, and we're, they're going off that draft list instead of going off of DynastyNerds.com or their own personal rankings. And, you know, that helps you. Like you said, if somebody's going to take him over Allen Robinson just because he was drafted higher or Devontae Adams or somebody, good riddance, man. Um, does that mean Paul Richardson shouldn't be drafted on your draft board? Absolutely not. Um, but no, but just put them accordingly. I mean, you know, yeah, know what you're getting, round. know what you're getting. Yeah, right. That's I mean, that's where I'd have them like late second round in my rookie draft, right around there. And again, probably somebody who, if you're desperate, you could probably throw in their first start. You know, hoping for one of those big play games. Yeah, a fill a filling guy. Cross mm-hmm. your fingers and hope you get the big score and a touchdown. You know, in three years, it, hopefully, it gets a little bit bulks up a little bit and kind of contribute like more like a Deshaun Jackson kind of type guy. I mean, that's just probably a ceiling, but his ceiling to him again is. I think mid wide receiver two is his ceiling, which is. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So I mean, obviously, obviously, does this help? Does this bump Paul Richardson totally in my eyes a little bit? Yes, just because of the interest that Seattle has him. I respect their GM a lot, and so and the fact that this was their first pick, he does kind of. I hold him in a little bit higher regard than we when we net, Matt named him Paul Tumbleweed, <laughs> Tumbleweed Richardson. So. um we, again, I'm not a huge fan. Don't let the draft slot kind of, you know, entice you to move them up. Keep them where you had them. Um, maybe give them a slight bump over a couple guys. You know, some guys do move up from the draft. Some people like Crowell move down. Uh, Paul Richardson's one of those guys that slightly moves up a little bit just because of where he was drafted. Uh, let's move on to another guy who's really been kind of talked about or not at the 21st pick in the second round, Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, he gets taken to Green Bay, which is always a nice spot to go. Uh, the sixth overall passing yards per game offense. They were averaging 266.8 yards per game last year, and I mean, let's I mean, let's face it. We don't know what they're going to do with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, and obviously they don't know either because they took Devontae Adams and they took him in the second round. So that means you know they have they like his talent, they like what he can bring, and why pay both these guys big money in Cobb and Nelson when they can groom this kid to be somebody really good. Um, well, the big thing for me is they didn't even just just take Devontae Adams. They took two other wide receivers as well in this two draft. Two other receivers, right? So they're they're bracing themselves for something, and it's probably they're definitely going to lose one of those guys in my eyes. So I mean, yeah, there's a turnover coming. There's definitely going to be a turnover coming. Kind of same way that how they did with the running backs last year. They right. drafted two running backs, right? I mean, they might with a move like this, like drafting three guys in one draft, they might be bracing to lose one completely and then franchise one of them and then lose the other one the yeah. next year. I mean, they yeah. might have a complete turnover. Take one soon. the fifth, also in the seventh, and Aberdeers, right? And uh, Janice, and yeah, I mean, they might just say they might go to Cobb and Nelson's. All right, who who's going to sign cheaper? Which one of you guys really wants to play here with Aaron Rodgers? I, I see Randall Cobb as one of those guys who's going to go out there. He's going to get paid. And, again, what, what, funny about Green Bay, too, it's like Randall Cobb, and I think we said something about this before in a podcast. I'm not sure if I wrote about it or we talked about it on podcast, but Randall Cobb's a really intriguing fantasy prospect. He's one of those guys I'm kind of going to pass on because he's a re- like he's first round, early second round startup league potential. 
And he is one of those guys like, yep, Dynasty, Randall Cobb, Young, blah, 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 you know, Aaron Rodgers. And, but what is, I mean, Randall Cobb hasn't done a whole lot in NFL terms of fantasy production. He's put up some games, but he's not, he's nowhere consistent. I mean, I know he's been hurt, but that's okay. That's part of not being consistent. Yeah, right. And, you know, Cobb to me, I just don't, and definitely if he leaves Green Bay and he goes somewhere else, that's not. Yeah, that's not, I don't, I don't like that. I wouldn't like that at all. I feel like if he leaves Green Bay, then I don't know. I see his value even like decreasing. Yeah, what if he goes to somewhere like San Fran or something? You know, somewhere this is not, is ideal, I guess. Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, who knows where he can go somewhere? But I mean, and I know we're supposed to be talking about Devontae Adams here, but I just want to make a point. Like, they, we don't know what they're going to do here. And the way I look at it is Devontae Adams, when they do leave, this guy could be, this guy could be the Randall Cobb. You know, we know he can catch the ball. He led the nation last year in receptions. He uh, had his, if you want to have some fun, look at his stats last, you know, over his college career. They're, they're mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's a, it, you know, it's a gimmicky offense, but dude, it, they're irrelevant. They're, his stats are amazing. Mm-hmm. He had 131 catches last year, which That's led the sick. nation. That's sick. He had 24 touchdowns last year. And they play 12 games, you know, in college. Led the nation. Uh, four, five speed, you know, four, five, four speed. He's excellent after the catch, and, you know, he can really get up and get after the ball as well. Um, so the talent is there for him, and he's going and to a good offense. situation. I, I like it. I mean, good quarterback. I mean, this guy is, I mean, first round pick, dynasty rookie draft. I would say so, yeah. I mean, the look at the Green Bay Packers track record for drafting wide, rec- wide receivers. It's been excellent through the years, and I think he's just going to be another one that falls in line. Yeah, you might just have to you might have to wait just a little bit till Green Bay figures out what the heck they're doing, but that's we're in, that's why it's a dynasty league and wide receivers you tend to, you have a tendency to have to wait on them a little bit more than a running back or you know, but I I like the pick and I think, you know, change is coming in Green Bay at wide receiver and yeah, so I would definitely take for him. Adams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's somebody going I mean, but again, where he's going in the first round, 11th, 12th, 10th, 11th like in that yeah. kind of range. These are guys, you know, these are playoff teams that can sit on somebody like him for Absolutely. a year. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, same kind of like Cobb. Like Cobb, you had to sit on for a little year. But, I mean, same thing. I mean, And Cobb went, like, in our dynasty draft. I think he was the last pick in the first round. I think he was or the first second, pick in the second. First pick in the second. Yeah, okay, yeah. One, I think he All went. right. And, yeah, so they're going to be right around the same spot. And, I mean, if you're going to say Randall Cobb out of Green Bay with a question mark where he's going or give me Devontae Adams in 2015 as a starter in Green Bay, Give me Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers all day. Um, so, yeah, he's somebody that I like a lot. I think I, I think his stock definitely went up significantly. I had him pretty high uh, pre-draft, so he's, he stood pretty pretty even with me. But Yeah, I know yeah. you liked him. Yeah, I, I've, um, I've been on him for a while. He wasn't as much on me. Um, as my, he wasn't as high as my board as I have him now. But, yeah, I mean, going to Green Bay, I'm, a, I'm definitely a fan of where he is now. So, I mean, he's somebody that I could, you know, I could definitely see sitting on. Uh, Again, if you need immediate help, he's not your answer. But long-term wise, this guy could be a gem. Um, and, you know, obviously some of these guys are going to bust out that we've already talked about. Not all these guys are going to be great unless there's some kind of miracle. And, you know, situation has a big thing to, you know, to do with that. That's why you see a lot of these people leaving free agency and they go to another new systems, different quarterbacks, and they're never as good. Um, so Devontae Adams, just in a situation alone, makes him better. You know, same thing with Paul Richardson. If Paul Richardson went to Green Bay and he was the first receiver they took in the second round, I like Paul Richardson way better in Green Bay catching deep balls from Aaron Rodgers than I would from Russell Wilson. So, again, Devontae Adams, not only does he have all the tools to succeed in the NFL, uh, 
he is going to be in a great position with just in the system he's going to be in. So I'm a big fan of Devontae Adams. He should be considered a late first-round pick in your rookie drafts or to an early high second-round pick. Um, if for some reason he's there at like 2-3, 2-4, 2-5, I mean, that's a steal. That's just great value, and you should jump all over that. Absolutely. If he's there in the second, you are really lucky. Yes, very lucky. Um, and I know I don't have any high second-round picks. And it's, it's weird. It's, it is weird for me because I don't know where I would, you know, I'd be torn. It depends who is there. I do like Devontae Adams, and if I had, like, the 12th pick and he was sitting there and it was between him and Allen Robinson, I mean, I, I have Allen Robinson higher. I'm taking Robinson ahead of Devontae Adams, and yeah. that's just me. I know you have him higher, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely have um, Devontae Adams higher than Allen Robinson, but, you know, to each his own. Yeah. I mean, I got him, I got him back-to-back. I go Mark Easley, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, boom, boom, boom. So you got All him right, right there. Yeah. Overall, not just wide receiver. Overall, is it? I mean, so if it came down to it, would you you would stick to your board for sure? Like during the end of, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at that, you know. Uh, I think I would. Yeah, I would. I'd stick to that. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of having a? Board the only thing if you to don't just stick to it? yeah, no, I would stick with it. It's just the jaguar sometimes scare me on the big picture, you know, because they're so bad. Like Bortles to the rescue, man. Yeah, that's what I'm just hoping. No, I would. I would stick to it. I I would. That's the only thing. I mean. I was, I was questioning myself about this. I was trying to, I was talking to somebody as a third pick in our rookie draft about moving up from six to three for the third spot. And cause I, I know he needs a running back and it's like, dude, just, you can get your running back at six, man. Let's, let's make a deal. And he's like, who do you want? And I'm like, well, I have Jordan Matthews third on my big board, but I have in that, this league, I have Drew Brees. And I'm like, well, I know I have Jordan Matthews on my big board. I'm a huge fan, but I'd probably take a Brandon cooks, you know, for that cooks and Brees combo. And I was like, well, what the hell is the point of having a big board if I don't stick to my big board? Yeah, exactly. But sometimes those guys that are like, they're so close, you, you got to make a decision while you're making the rankings. And, you know, well, that's how you feel at that particular time, like on Tuesday at noon. But they talked to me on Friday at five and I'm like, eh, I changed my mind. You know, it's so. <laughs> you guys are so wishy-washy. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. And we agree. So we all have Jordan, I mean, Jordan Matthews equals out to number three on our total rookie uh, wide receiver big board for May. And Brandon Cooks is at four. And it really is like 1A, 1B. Like, they're both so close. Um, again, I, I think the immediate production from Cooks, later production from Matthews. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about the guy that really rose up the draft boards here. And he went to what some would call a really good situation. I'm kind of questioning a little bit. Uh, Cody Lattimore went to 24th pick in the second round. So he was a high pick. Um, he's going to a situation in Denver, which is number one overall passing yards per game. But I think that's kind of irrelevant because, you know, Peyton Manning's kind of days are really hanging in limbo here and you know Paul, you know you know yeah Cody Lattimore you know at 215 he's not even practicing yet just because of his injury as well still uh, I know he came in and ran that super fast 4-3 and he, he's able to run but it's still kind of like waiting until training camp starts for him so he's probably gonna start the year you know Damaris Thomas is gonna be the number one Wells Walker is probably gonna still start they just signed uh, Emmanuel Sanders so that's guys got to compete to with as well so the big question for me is, where well, I like Cody Lattimore, I like his skill set, is who's going to be throwing him the ball in 2015, 2016? Right. By the time he's up to speed, um, Peyton Manning might be just, you know, ending his career. And boom, yeah. he's stuck with who? Brock Osweiler or I mean, probably their unidentified quarter- rookie yeah, so, quarterback. Yeah, their, their quarterback's probably not even on the roster. Right. And I don't know, for me, just if I was in any, just for me, dynasty format, I would just kind of pass on Broncos, guys. 
just just do the fact you don't Peyton Manning's number time is numbered and you're going to put in an investment in a total unknown. Well, not Demaris Thomas, because Demaris Thomas still put up numbers with the yeah, the he, he okay, Tebow. all right, yeah, he would, yeah, he would probably still be on my list. But I'm just talking, uh, just in general, generally yeah. speaking, like Emmanuel Sanders is going to be money for this year, yeah, and most that's, likely, yeah, right. Um, I hope so. <laughs> and you know, again, but I mean, again, I mean, talent supersedes a lot of that stuff. And if Cody Lattimore's talent is legit, it doesn't matter. You know, him and Demaris Thomas are going to help each other and going to help any quarterback that comes in. And that they can hold on to Julius Thomas without letting him get in the way. And if Monty Ball turns out to be the running back that I think he will be, and they have a good strong running game, I mean, whatever quarterback does go there in the future will have be in a really good spot. But the big question mark you got to ask yourself: dynasty value is Cody Lattimore. We don't know who his quarterback is going to be for the next ten years, and that's a question mark. And that's something you have to think about. And I mean, Cody Lattimore right now he's about a second a second round pick, but right, yeah. I'm just trying to get here. Don't get all these people like, oh, Cody Lattimore in Denver, Peyton Manning. Yeah, don't I mean, get that because his, his production isn't going to come from him, and receivers usually take a little bit to produce. I mean, I would much rather take, like, Dante Moncrief when you know you have Andrew Luck. Yeah. That, that, that is the foreseeable future. Uh, the, the question mark at QB with the Broncos, which is it's just enough for me to, uh, to pass if there was a better option. Yeah. I mean, you know. that's that's where he kind of is with. So, I mean, we all kind of agree that, you know, Cody Lattimore, he didn't go to the best spot. And I and I wouldn't feel bad about, you know, there's certain guys, you know, you put on and you're like, I'll just let someone else worry about them. And if they hit the home run with it, cool. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. The ones I feel guilty on when they're like 50-50, like Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson, and I take Lee and Robinson's the stud. I'm like, <laughs> damn. Yeah, whoever Mike takes is going to be the uh, bad. Yeah. Whoever Mike takes is going to be the bad right. one in this one. Bad on 50-50 chances. Yeah, I mean, so Lattimore's got some injury concerns coming in with his foot, you know, foot injuries. Um, again, going to Denver, you know, usually cold city. Uh, but again, if, if, if the talent's there, he's going to put up success. You know, he's going to be successful. I Because I, I can't remember. Can you refresh my memory? Is it the same kind of thing that Julio Jones had? Is that Did he have a surgery and all that, Cody Latimer? He did have surgery on his foot, yes. I guess screw put in and all that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah, why not, he's limited until... Not sure how similar it is to Julio Jones, though. I think though. January 19th he had it done. Julio had that done right, right before he got drafted. Yeah, so but I'm not sure if it's the same one. Oh, I, okay. I, no, I'm right, not yeah. sure. And I love Julio. I just yeah, tweeted, everyone likes I just tweeted out this weekend that uh, my number one... Who I thought was going to be the number one overall point getters at a position... And I have I saw Julio that. Jones uh, at wide receiver. The other ones are pretty like, you know, yeah, I pick uh, Aaron Rodgers. We way to go out there. LaShawn mm-hmm. McCoy. Woohoo. Yeah, but I, you don't want to go out there if you don't believe it just to go out there and then you're completely wrong just yeah. to be different. And I hate when people do that. I stuff. mean, I took a Gronkowski over Jimmy Graham. Well, yeah, uh, and that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. No offense. <laughs> when I saw that, that was the one I'm like, nah, no, no chance. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Good luck so, with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Julio was on pace last year to put up some really really big numbers. Uh, he was on pace to be the number one receiver. So we'll see. We'll see about Cody Lattimore. Again, I'm not calling him Julio Jones, but, I mean, the guy is good. Like, out of the rookies on, like, my overall list, I would say, like, he's the cutoff point. I think there's, then there's a little bit of a drop-off, just for me. After, after Lattimore? After, yeah, because, like, I have Dante Moncrief after uh, Devontae Adams, and then then I have uh, Lattimore, and then after that, then I have a drop off for wide receivers for a while. At least for me, I don't know how you guys have it, but I think he's like the cutoff. I agree, and all I would go other positions. Much, yeah, all those guys are much more solid. Uh, and see, I mean, kind of falls off a bit. Yeah, right. For me, there, yes, there is a drop off after him. Yes, 
for me, there's a drop off. I mean, I put Paul Richardson slowly on the outskirt of drop off a little bit for me as oh, well. I have Richardson way down lower. So I would rather. Uh, yeah, there's a few other receivers I would take before Paul Richardson. Well, but that's just me. I'm just saying, like. All right, so moving on. What's our yeah. next guy? Um, we have next went Josh Huff in the third round. He whoa, was whoa, wait, whoa. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Oh yeah, we do have Jarvis Landry. I apologize. Oh no problem. Another second round. Uh. <laughs> Receiver, I uh, I just had him highlighted, so I knew he was coming up next. Yeah, I uh, I'm skipping over again. Holiday weekend here, boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jarvis Landry. You know, Jarvis Landry coming out. You know, going into last year, the all talk was all about Jarvis Landry, not mm-hmm. about Odell Beckham. Right. And his speed really kind of, you know, you know, the NFL loves their speed, which is to me slightly overrated. Uh, this guy can catch really well. He can run routes. Uh, he again, he, they took him in the second round. And they have Brian Hartline. He's like a he's like a you know really he's like a better Brian Hartline. That's what I kind of see him as. Uh, somebody that you know can catch the ball really well. He can run his routes. He's going to a young offense. Mike Wallace will not be there much longer as well. Um, no, this might be his you know last year. Once he got out of that guaranteed, well, yeah, exactly. Give him the boot. Did you guys see the report that they're uh, they're going to be running a lot of plays similar to um, the Eagles? Here in Miami, they I did just read that. Yeah, that that really piqued my interest, hmm. um, and kind of you know made me reevaluate. I think where I have him or how I think of him, I guess, because if he can get on the field, I mean they're going to be running a ton of plays, and that's that's awesome. That's he's amazing. a he's a strong, stout guy. You know, I mean Landry, he's he's only five eleven, but he weighs two hundred five. Right, so he's right. a he's a strong guy, and he has strong hands, and he can catch. The, I mean, he may have some of the best hands in the whole draft. I mean, he's really good at catching the ball. And he's going to a good situation. And if you if you remember, I mean, he pulled up on his forty, and that's why it was super slow at the at the uh, combine. He improved it during his pro day. I can't remember exactly what he ran, but I mean, way faster than a four seven seven that he ran at the combine. So, well, yeah, I'd hope so. Uh, hopefully, linemen were in four seven sevens. Right. Hopefully, the yeah, you're right. Some of them do, but hopefully, the you know the question marks about speed were kind of overblown by his uh, pulling up lame kind of. I think he pulled a calf muscle or something. Yeah. I... I I like him. I just don't know that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not in love with the Dolphins' offense. Really, I don't know. Maybe they can. Well, it's, it's going to be completely different yeah. this year. I mean, they brought over um, a guy from the from. Philly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 the new okay. offense coordinator. There we go. Talking about maybe that'll change. Okay. Running I mean, a whole bunch of plays. Uh, you know, just like Chip Kelly's offense. Who okay. knows if he can do it the same as Chip? But, yeah. Okay. Did not know that. So. Yeah. And I'm a big a little I mean, tidbit. All okay. right. I'm a big believer. I think Tannehill is going to take a big step up. This year as well, I think I think Tannehill's a good quarterback. Yeah, I, really I do. Oh, I do too. I just so, I like how good you know is he going to be like good like NFL good or fantasy good? I think I think he. Yeah. You know? I mean, he he obviously needs to be surrounded with more talent. Um, I mean his 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 running game's questionable. I know they brought Noshan in, but I mean Noshan doesn't really overly excite me at all. No. Um, they had Charles Clay, who I like. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I hate Mike Wallace. I think he's he's I would never have Mike Wallace on any of my fantasy teams whatsoever. And again, I mean, it's, it was a bad fit. Like the guy is a deep threat, but Tannehill is really bad at throwing the ball deep. Like he's good at them close, like short to intermediate. Yeah, and he's so. just paid way too much. If he was getting paid half that money, you wouldn't like hate him so much. It's you just, just get it's paid. such a bad fit, bad contract, yeah, bad. Like, everything is yeah, bad. They need to cut bait. I just with that hate guy. those kind of. Fan, I just hate those. Kind, I mean, they're good NFL receivers. It's just I hate those kind of guys. Like just go deep, man, and catch the ball for your fantasy team because they're so hit and miss. Um, again, but I mean, if you bring Landry in as a possession receiver, you can put him in the slot somewhere around there. 
and you catch a lot of balls, he could be a really good wide receiver too for you. So, I mean, again, Landry's going to be something you can get in the second round of your rookie draft. And like end of the second, probably? Yeah, I, probably. Think, yeah. I think he'll be hanging around there at the end of the second yeah. round. Yeah, I mean, we have him on DynastyNerds.com, number 12, as our overall rookie receiver. And that's going to put How about, him... do you have overall pulled up by chance? Yeah, overall. Oh, overall, I have him. Uh, we have him, as I am just going to kind of kill some air time over Sorry. here. Sorry to put you on the spot. I had him overall 25th, which would put him at 3.1. Yeah. But that's just my rankings. We have him at you know? 21. Okay. So, yeah, right there. We have him right there at the end of the second yeah. round. So, right yeah. there. Right around the ninth pick in the second round, which seems like really good value. Right. Him. Um, I mean, we have, him, we have him in there right around like Jason Morrow, Jeremy Hill, um, Trey Mason, Dante Moncrief, right around there. Um, usually in the second round, somewhere on there, like, I, I mean, I like Landry too. But, I mean, sometimes, it, you know, it depends if you need a running back. Yeah, if you have a need, you know, if there may be. That second round's going to be loaded with like, all these receivers are going so high in the first round. There's going to be some really good running back talent there late in the, in the, in the second round. Because then I, I see kind of like a little bit more of a run on those tight ends and running backs late or early in the first, which is going to put some more of these receivers t- towards the back end as well. Uh, but I like Landry as a late yeah, second round pick. I do too. Definitely over a lot of these other receivers. Again, I think he, I think he went to a good situation. He has a chance to be a... You know, He'll never be a number one, number one receiver, but he can be a really, really good number two receiver. So I, I like him there. Uh, he's somebody I would draft in the late second round, and he could be a steal there. Like looking back on it, he'd be one of those guys. You know, when you look back at these old drafts three years, you know, from now, then saying, "Wow, what a steal getting getting these guys." We should start doing that. We should start looking back. We should do a show. Uh, where we look back three years ago at the rookie drafts hmm. and see where these guys hmm. went and kind of like break it down like oh man yeah and then laugh at ourselves Mem- yeah remember we oh, thought gosh. this guy would be so good yeah you'll be embarrassed what you said so embarrassed yeah <laughs> right you almost don't wouldn't you want to listen to it we'll start pulling tape I'm like like oh I didn't like I didn't I didn't like Kelvin Benjamin I'm like oh here it is right here yeah I'm right like, I love Kelvin Benjamin <laughs> he'll be the best receiver in the NFL uh, oh man so now that we uh, covered Landry now let's go on to the third round. Let's get into uh, Philadelphia, who did not only took Jordan Matthews in the second round, then came back in the third round to help out their receiving core, which they know they have a lot of big question marks, in which, you know, I know they just signed Riley Cooper to an extension, but this has to say a lot about what they think about Cooper as well. Uh, well, I guess no, it doesn't say a lot more about the system they want to run. They need receivers. I guess it says more about Jeremy Macklin saying, hey, man, we're, we'll take you on this one year. And, yeah, make or break. Yeah, peace out afterwards. But it took Josh Huff. Uh, at the second pick in the third round, or the twenty-second pick in the third round, uh, you know he's not a huge guy, five eleven, two oh six. Um, he'll probably replace Avant in the slot after Matthews. Uh, guy has really good hands and he can block. And you know if Macklin leaves, this is a guy that can really come in here and take over that slot position full time. You can move Jordan Matthews outside. Plus, yeah, Chip Kelly knows what he's getting too. I mean, this guy's obviously coming from Oregon and was running Chip Kelly's offense for however many years. Ago. Huge bonus, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Everyone always says that, but does that ever work out? I feel like it doesn't. Like you know, oh, he's the he was the college coach and he drafts his guys and it never works. Speaking of Tan, yeah, like I said, going back to Tannehill, where he had uh, Sherman was his head coach, and what did that get? He got it, and then the first year didn't get fired already. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Done, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, this I, is perfect. I, I think, his off his head coach is now his offensive coordinator. Yeah, they won't really work out too well. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't buy in I, everyone it's always a talking point and I just don't ever buy into it. After I've just seen too many times where they draft guys that they're familiar with and it never freaking works. Looking at looking at it through rose colored glasses, probably yeah. when they're watching oh. the tape, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah this guy runs my stuff. Right. right. I don't know. To me, he doesn't really hold much value. I think you can find better wide receivers in better situations I for where he gets, where he's drafted again. If you, you know, if you're in the league with the guy that's just going straight off the draft board, I feel like you can get guys that went later. At, there, there's just better Similar value, value yeah. later in the yeah. draft, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's going to be somebody that could possibly be taken just because they were taken in the third round by the Eagles. Um, and falling for the the Chip Kelly in Oregon and you know that whole gimmick. I, I don't know for you me. Mean I the just gimmick I just yeah the, out. yeah right. <laughs> yeah. I mean sorry. At the no, same time, cool. I mean like who would I, I'm taking even though we have him on our big board overall. I don't think it's like that on my big board. But Isaiah Crowell at 41 overall, and then we have Josh up at 39. Okay, I have him at 46. So, but I think that's like that's fair. You know, I mean it, that's fourth that's fourth round material. Yeah. I mean, for him, yeah, that's that's a late round pick, and you know, I'm still and taking... most fourth round guy. I mean, you know, let's be honest, how many fourth round guys pan out? You know, there's one, you know, not many, not many. So I just, I don't, I'm not buying it with him. I feel so... like this draft, you'll get a couple more than usual. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, those are the guys. You know, once you get that fourth round, it really starts to dissipate, and the talent level drops dr- dr- drastically. I mean, it's hard enough to hit these guys in the third round let alone the fourth round. I mean, you go back, you'll see, like, one guy out of the whole round come out. And yeah, and, you you know, you know we're success. doing all the research and talking about so they all sound good and whatnot, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you get into that fourth, fifth, sixth round, guys. I mean, f- three years from now, we won't remember half these guys' yeah. names. So, There's, and I think Huff could be one of those guys. Draft day, you walk yeah. away, like, yep, got me some winners. Yeah. Uh, next guy that was taken in the third round, now a guy we all do like, we liked him the whole time, um, this guy actually went in the first round of one of our mock. I think Mike Beckley took him in the first round of one of our like mock draft 2.0, I believe. Dante Moncrief. Was that before the draft? Before the draft, okay, yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, Moncrief is somebody that I, I like. I mean, he's 6'2", 221. Uh, he's going to Indy with luck. Uh, so SEC really played in tough college conference. I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was a, he started... With with Moncrief, I mean, again, he's fast. He runs a four four. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going somewhere where, yeah, there's a lot of receivers there now with Derek Rogers, Hakeem Nix, Reggie Wayne, and T. Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. And you know, T. Y. is there for sure. But you know, Wayne's, you know, he's somebody. This might be his last year. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't choose to retire, they might just let him go. Is it, what, what is he like? Thirty six, Wayne. He's old. Yeah, thirty six or thirty seven. I still believe. Plays I believe. Well, though. Yeah. Well. You know. But Hakeem Nix is in a one-year contract. And right. He's going to try and hit pay dirt and then get out. Yeah, he's a one-and-donner, probably. Know, Derek Rogers, I mean, that concerns me because I, I do think Derek Rogers has the talent to succeed there, and that can kind of, you know, mask him. But then at the same time, I mean, T. Wall Hilton's a short guy, and mm-hmm. I don't see him. He's never going to be their number one. He's been their number one by default for fantasy-wise. But, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to see a, a receiving core of Dante Moncrief, Derek Rogers, and T.Y. Hilton for Andrew Luck. I mean, I can see all three of those guys, guys finding success. And I think Dante Moncrief has the talent to be really good in Indy and has the possibility to be their number one receiver. Not a wide receiver one directly in fantasy, but be their number one receiver. Yeah, like I, I could see him maybe overtaking T.Y. Hilton down the road, but not both Rodgers and 
Moncrief. It's either going to be one or the other, and I I would put my money on Moncrief. Uh, you know, there's oh, no, definitely. You know, I don't think there's not really much investment in Rodgers. I mean, yeah, he's right. a free agent guy, and he's got issues. So first sign of any of those issues re popping popping back up, they'll just get rid of him. You know? still ta- I mean, it's still talent. You know, it doesn't matter that he was undrafted, and it doesn't matter again where Moncrief was drafted. I mean, if Rodgers plays well, I mean, Rodgers did show some. Point, oh know, yeah there there's flashes year. yeah so i, I mean, get it i'm just saying like i wouldn't see both those guys like supplanting uh ty hilton though one of them will and i think it would be moncrief you know just because of ty hilton's size he's probably better suited as a as a two you know i see see mm-hmm. i see ty ty hilton as a fantasy guy where his draft stock should be kind of over the next couple years dropping that's just the way i see it not not where he's going to be, not by bad any means, but like right now he puts up so many points because he's like that main guy. I see his value coming down a little bit. I, I, I see them trying to find that number one receiver for the lock to pair up with. Though so he could have that Peyton Man, Man and Reggie Wayne kind of long-term combo. And I see, yeah, Moncrief or possibly Rodgers kind of being that guy. I don't see, I don't see Hakeem Nick sticking around. Even if he has a really good year, I, don't, I still don't see him sticking around. I see him going out and getting paid by somebody else. Yeah. He'll be an Oakland Raider by next year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll blast them for sure. We'll roast them big time. That makes sense. Unless Derek Carr pans out. Yeah, you know, and then I think sudden, that could happen too. I mean, we can so. make fun of the Raiders now, but things change around really quickly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Jacksonville has been a joke forever, and now we all of a sudden, like, we all like what Jacksonville is doing offensive, offensively, and it's going to be really weird in, like, three years from now of, like, Jacksonville is that offensive juggernaut behind like Storm Johnson, Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson, Cecil Shorts, and Marquise Lee. I'm like, wow, they're such an offensive juggernaut. Yeah. That'd be, laugh at where they've been be all great. these years. They still have terrible helmets. <laughs> those are the worst helmets. Yeah, they're terrible. awful. <laughs> they're oh, awful. We were talking about I feel bad for those like fans that I uh, gotta wear that gear. Yeah. Yeah, man, I were talking like I was like, man, I was like, I don't know what it is I don't like about Jacksonville, but I think it starts with their uniforms. Yeah, I it really does. So much, They're man. so bad. It's like I never root for a team that has those two tone hell and it's just ugly colors. Uh let's let's do something different that stands out. Yeah. In a uh, bad way. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing I can, I mean, if and if you're live in Jacksonville, I'm sorry to say this, but I I think the next th- best thing for Jacksonville would be pick up and move and change their whole name and color scheme, and then you have that'd be that'd be so bad for Jacksonville too. They've been waiting, waiting, you know, for a while to be good, and all of a sudden they draft. They have this really good draft to get all these young guys. They pick up and move like to L.A. or somewhere. They become really sweet. Yeah. And they have all these like good players. Like oh, I, can, I can get on board with that expansion team. So uh, let's move on to our last guy, the guy taking the third round. Now this is a guy that I was really happy to see going the third round kind of burst my sleeper bubble where I was hoping to get him in the fifth, sixth round. He was my combine darling, which he did tear up the combine, and John Brown for the Cardinals. Really, I mean, again, there's always that one guy that I watched the combine for and one guy that really stands out for me, and this year is John Brown. Loved everything he did to combine. I was like, this is the guy I will draft on all my dynasty teams. He will be my sneak pick. I'll be able to get him later. He's out of Pittsburgh State, super small school. Um, he's only 5'10", 179, runs a 4'3", 4. Um, the team's already talking him up. I know it's not much to talk somebody up in, in uh, OTAs, but you know they're already surprised. I'm hearing out of Arizona about his route running and his hands. And again, I mean, these are all things I saw at the combine, and they saw it too because they took him in the third round for being a really small school prospect. And he's really what I like about it is he's really comparable to the guy we were just talking about, T.Y. Hilton. And he's going to a Bruce Arians offense, and Bruce Arians turned T.Y. Hilton and who he was. So I love. John Brown surrounded by Michael Floyd, Larry Fitz, and being that slot and playing that T.Y. Hilton role. And I could see him 
really being a really good fantasy dynasty contributor. You know, nobody's ever gonna you're gonna put in there for your wide receiver one numbers being being a top tier wide receiver three to a low end wide receiver two. And for a guy that you could probably get late in your third round, fourth round of your rookie draft, those are really good. Those are really good numbers. And again, I think what hurts me is the way I thought about him is him going in the third round of the NFL draft because I had this guy. I was like, man, you know. On a personal stinginess level, hoping he went late. You thought you were going to get sneaky and get him late, right? Yeah, I was hoping he go like sixth round. Nobody really thinks, oh, John Brown, Pittsburgh State. What is that? Is that in Pennsylvania? I'm like, no, that's in like Kansas or Iowa or <laughs> Idaho, whatever the heck that place is. And I thought I could steal him, but now I think he's on a lap. And obviously, I've been talking him up here on the podcast as well and on our on DynastyNerds.com, but he's somebody that I really, really like a lot. And now instead of drafting him in the fourth round, I might have to take him in the third round in a lot of my drafts. And that stinks when you have to reach for a guy you consider a sneak, you know? Well, to me, it's not reaching at all. That's where I kind of value him at. Okay. So it's not a reach to me, but it's just he's somebody that, like on my big board, that's where I have him slotted. So it's not a reach to me. It's just a little sad that I can't steal him right. later is right. the way I look at it. Okay. Do you guys have any thoughts on John Brown? I really liked everything you said. I mean, I, I was pretty much agreed with what you said, and I, I, I don't. You didn't leave much meat on the bone. I captivated. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. You yeah, sure I'm did. not. I'm, I don't know. I guess like maybe I just didn't catch that portion of the combine. Maybe I just missed him. I don't know. But just maybe I'm just. I'm maybe I'm being biased. I see Pittsburgh State, and I, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole whole heck of a lot about him. So I mean, I remember watching that combine, and I mean, we always go back to it because that's the one we hit the best when we watched. You know, I'm North Colorado, Vincent Jackson, and you and I were sitting right. there on the couch watching the comment. I'm like, yeah. who is this guy? He's going to be good. Yeah. And, you know, he went in the second round, Vincent Jackson, and John Brown goes in the third round. Right. I'm telling you, like, I remember the, the one thing I saw Vincent Jackson when they were in a straight line and they catch the balls left and right. Yeah. He is a safe yeah. Well, yeah. That's so, a great drill. I like that one. And I had the same feeling watching John Brown that I had when I had, saw Vincent Jackson. That the gauntlet drill? Is that what you're talking about? Gauntlet drill? Yeah. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. I think of Gauntlet, I think of, like, swords and people hitting you. The Atari video <laughs> game Gauntlet. Yeah, it all sounds fun to me. Uh, but, yeah, John Brown, I mean, he should be definitely be on your guys' radars. Again, for that's my own personal opinion. I think this guy will be, you know, again, he won't be your number one wide receiver, but for where you can get him in your rookie drafts, this guy is going to, again, I would bet on it, you know. He's one of my dynasty guys that I'm talking that I'm putting a lot of my back into. You have the Rich Dotson guarantee. Uh, when it comes to the oh boy, value. oh boy, on John Brown, he is my late. You know, he's not well. Obviously, he's not a late round, but at four, he was my sneak pick of the year. I've been talking about him all year. If you've been listening, and um, everything I'm hearing out of Arizona about him is great, and he's in a good spot with Bruce Arians. You know, they have Carson Palmer who will be there for a little bit, and then they'll go get their quarter. They'll probably go get their quarterback next year. Michael Floyd is a great person to take pressure off of him. Larry Fitz is probably a couple more years. So, again, John Brown. I I feel like John Brown's going to take a couple years to develop. That's like the one Probably. thing. Yeah, I mean. So what, so what round are you officially saying? Like, say, you know, our dynasty draft's coming up soon, so you think you got to pick him in the third round? Probably. Yeah. I mean, okay. obviously it depends who's there. Yeah. You know, well, I'm obviously, not, I'm not I get him over that. Dante Moncrief. Oh, yeah, I get that. I mean, but, I like, stupid. if I had to gamble, like, I'd me personally, I'd rather gamble on John Brown than Paul Richardson. Own, own personal belief, and again, that's a, I just want to be the one guy I want to stand on my milk crate and say, hi, I told you guys. You know, look at, yeah. look at my scouting eyes. Pittsburgh State. Not that you would ever gloat, Rich. Yeah, you would never <laughs> do that. I love to gloat. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the guys I'm willing to take my uh, chance out. So, yeah, third round, I'm thinking. There's a possibility he could be there in the fourth round, and there's some draft, depends where I pick. I might gamble, and hopefully I can get get him there. 
But again, like when you want to trade up in the fourth round, those are easy spots to trade up into. Yeah, because you know, there's always those guys that like they have no idea what's going. You know, well, not that they don't have no idea what's going on. They don't know who they want to take. They don't know what the value is. Again, we've been using the six This will be the third time. But the guys that maybe just look off the draft board exclusively and they just don't see any name they recognize, so they're willing to move out. You know, I mean, John so. Brown's somebody I'd, I'd be willing to change like an age veteran on my team that I don't really have much value for anymore that somebody might need just like yeah, or he's just sitting on your, yeah, he's just like depth on your roster. Yeah, and I can trade right. away and get the rights to John Brown for my rookie draft. Trade a third next year and move up into the fourth to get the rookie uh, John Brown. But I, I like how you're saying, though, because like, for example, I like when you watch a guy and you like see like for your own two eyes, you didn't have to like you know, read somebody else's evaluation, you know what I mean? And so you want to take that guy. I always, I always like drafting those guys the best and you hope that they pan out. Those are, that's what makes dynasty fun in my mind, yeah. you know, you get way more, t- you know, not like, but attachment to those guys and they, they become more your favorite players. Cause yeah. You, you found them. You feel yeah. like you, you didn't draft him in the NFL team, but you discovered him. You're like, you, yeah, exactly. I knew he was going to be good. Exactly. You know, I took him in the third round of my dynasty draft proof. <laughs> so, well, that's it, guys. That is always a third round. Uh, next week, we will cover all the rest of the receivers, which there's not a lot of talent out there. There's a couple guys I like, but we'll skim through the guys next week as well, and we'll, we'll, we'll take part three of these rookie wide receivers. There's definitely a couple of guys you guys will definitely want to draft on your dynasty team, and I'm there's guaranteed that one of these guys is going to pan out and be good. Oh, yeah, sure. there's some guys out there I like. There's definitely late-round gems. Yeah. So... Make sure that you're getting on Dynasty. You know, I know a lot of these rookie drafts are coming up. Ours is in two weeks. Make sure you get up on DynastyNerds.com to stay current with our rankings. And, you know, if you have any questions, you hit us up on Twitter at DynastyNerds. You can hit me up on Twitter at DynastyRich. I'm at DynastyMet, at DynastyNerdMike. And if you got anything over 140 characters, make sure to use our forum. We do get on there and respond. Uh, Mike, not as much as everybody else, but he gets on there as I well. I try. I forget sometimes. Yeah. So, but thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week, and have a good one. Bye. Thanks, thanks guys. Later. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.